Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, wonderful citizen of planet Earth. What a privilege and honor to be with you today. I hope that wherever you are in the world that you're doing fantastic, sending you a massive hug through the airwaves. We have a fantastic episode for you today. We have Dr. Rob Maldonado and Debbie Maldonado on. They are the founders of the Center of Jungian Positive Psychology. This is a fantastic episode and we dive deep on a ton of practical information. We talk about Carl Jung's individuation process. We talk about why you must confront your shadow. Uh, We talk about how to work with your shadow, the value of exploring your dreams, transcending your personal history and finding the true self. Um, We talk about why humans play out conditioned patterns from our environment and so much more. You're going to love this episode. If you like it and you want to support, please take a screenshot, share it with me on Instagram, tag at Matt Belair, share it on Facebook, share it all around. It really does help and go a long way. Leave a review in iTunes. That helps tremendously to let people know that the show is good and there's valuable content on there because we need to persuade them because they're longer episodes. We let these incredible guests dive in and dig in with their techniques and make sure it's uh, valuable information for everyone. So uh, reviews really help. But the best thing that you can do is do one act of kindness today. If not, even better, take the kindness challenge. Do three kind acts a day. Go out of your way to do it. Don't tell anybody. And uh, except for me, when you're done, and let me know how it went because a lot of people are doing it and they're getting a universal wink. Something weird's going to happen. And uh, it's just the universe saying, hey, this is it. Study psychology, positive living, personal development, um, how to get around in this environment that we call life, but also just be kind along the way. And if you can do that, you're going to have a much more profound life experience. So check that out. Um, and I highly invite you to do that. I would love it if you would, if we can make kindness go viral together. Um, if you want to support financially tossing a buck in the bucket on Patreon helps immensely. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and even just tossing a buck in a month really helps and goes a long way. I want to thank Signu Grid. I hope I pronounced your name right, but thank you so much for tossing a buck in the bucket. It helps so much. Thank you to all my patrons and everyone who supported in any way, big or small. I love and I appreciate you. Um, If you guys are interested in coaching, I am working with more people now. I've opened up more space for coaching and I'm working with entrepreneurs. I'm working with people who have a vision and they want to create that and make it into a reality and also people who are committed and they say you know what i'm ready for a change i want to define my vision create it from scratch and we can do that literally zero to defining a vision to making it a reality so if you're interested in that go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching i'm happy to work with any groups organizations speak all of that kind of stuff so hit me up making an inquiry at matt at zenathlete.com and i will happily help you out and we can open the, the discussion and go from there i also 
also want to thank my partner and podcast sponsor, the Himalaya Podcast app. They are free. They're super easy to use, and they are an app that it is designed and curated for the podcast listener. So you can create playlists. You'll get suggested episodes. You'll get suggested shows. It's a great way to communicate with other podcast community. Um, overall, really fantastic app. When you go over there, you can find them on iTunes. Make sure to give the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit show a follow, and you can find them at H I M A L A. YA over at the App Store. So check them out. So thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Let's come into a powerful state of peace and coherence through the through our intention and breath. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. Set the intention to come to peace and coherence. Let that breath out slowly. Feeling totally empowered, totally at peace, ready to have an incredible day. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into today's episode with Debbie and Rob Maldonado. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today we have two incredible guests for you. Dr. Rob Maldonado and Debbie Maldonado are respectively the president and CEO of the Center of Jungian Positive Psychology, providing world-class personal development and coach training that transforms people's lives through live seminars and multimedia online courses. Dr. Rob is recognized internationally as a human behavior and relationship expert. He earned his PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Wisconsin and an MA in clinical psychology from the University of Texas. His academic training includes neuropsychology, neurodevelopment, social neuroscience, and multicultural psychology. Debbie is a master Jungian life coach, instructor, and the author of the best-selling book, Let Love In, Open Your Heart and Mind to Attract Your Ideal Partner. She is a columnist for Inc.com magazine, and a frequent speaker on women's empowerment and leadership. She has been featured by ABC News, ABC Radio Network, Fox, NBC, Cosmopolitan, and many others. Today, they have helped thousands of people around the world improve their personal relationships, increase their income, create their dream businesses, and discover their purpose in life through their deep, multi-sensory processes based on Jungian psychology and Eastern traditions. Their mission is to raise the bar in the personal development industry to provide a higher level of training with more depth, real psychology, and science-based solutions that truly transform a person into their true self. Welcome to the show, Debbie and Rob Maldonado. It's great awesome. to be here, Matt. Yeah, yes. awesome. the, really a uh, great pleasure to be with you guys. And um, yeah, thanks for that great, great intro. Uh, <laughs> I wish my dad could have heard that. <laughs> Ah, thanks. Yeah, well, it's funny because sometimes I, I, I do well with them and, and other times I didn't. And this time I, I had to go live on YouTube and I could hear myself talking. So it took like extra focus to like try to put out the words um, and get them right. But, you know, I had a chance to look at your guys' work before coming on the show and even just reading the bio. It's really incredible what you guys are doing. And I think um, especially in the personal development age that we're in, um, I love the last sentence to raise the bar to, you know, have it science-based and practical and effective. And that's always what I'm looking for for myself. So it's a privilege to have you guys here. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. We try to make it raise the bar. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know we can go really in depth. We have two incredible people on. Um, maybe you guys can help guide the show. The we, could, we can explore a lot of topics, but where do you guys want to start? Do you want to give a little bit about your backgrounds and then, and then dive into uh, what it is you guys are doing? That sounds good. Sure. Do you want me to start? Okay. Well, my background is I've done personal development since I was in my early 20s. And I, I really felt like in my early life, I was trying to meet the love of my life, trying to figure out my dating life and, you know, just reading a lot of self-help books and trying to find my way and moved to Colorado and did a lot of like all the stuff out there with the crystals and the chakras and, you know, the way out stuff and then the practical psychology and uh, just all, all that searching for answers. And I was in the corporate world and um, all the time I kept thinking, I really want to do this for a living. I wish I could like teach people like about themselves. And so I, I uh, got fired, laid off from my, fired, laid off from my, laid off is a nicer word, from my uh, corporate job. And I ended up becoming a hypnotherapist for a while and doing that. I met Rob and we start, we worked a lot with, I worked a lot with the unconscious. And then we started talking about Jungian psychology and um, I have like kind of the 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 novices uh, the the layman terms of psych, you know how I think about life and he was more um, educated in the psychology part of it so the, with the two of us together I feel like we made a really great combo in delivering the really deep material in a way that could be practical and I just you know we market to women so. I, I'm a woman, so I think I'm an expert in that. <laughs> and how I'm really, really started out just helping people find love. And now we help people, uh, you know, we train coaches and we help them build their businesses and uh, work with a lot of entrepreneurs and really living their dreams, but in a spiritual grounded way where you're not just chasing the money, you're really living your purpose. Nice. And that's my part of the story. Rob will tell his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other half. Uh... You know, my journey started early in uh, in college. Uh, I I originally uh, wanted to be an artist, so I I found Young's work uh, as a as a creative person, and, and was really fascinated by his idea of the collective unconscious and how these images arise from the unconscious, fully formed already. Um, I you know kind of loved that so much that I decided to switch careers and go into psychology. So I, I started uh, doing uh, clinical work. I uh, got a master's in clinical psychology. And then um, uh, around that time, neuropsychology was really coming into its own. And I said, I have to just dedicate some time to learning more about this. So I, I went to University of Wisconsin and focused uh, a lot on the, the uh, current research that was coming out at that time uh, on autism, neurodevelopment, uh, gene environment interaction, and how, how those things kind of shape our mind, our, our way of seeing the world. Um, Debbie introduced me to uh, coaching, and that totally blew my mind because then I saw, well, here's a way to apply psychology in a, in a completely different way, in a, in a much more non-clinical way where people can use it in their everyday lives and, and use it to transform their lives in, in a very practical way. And, and then with, with the technology, of course, with the internet, uh, you know, the combination was just 
too too much to resist. I said, <laughs> let's just do this sign full me time. up. <laughs> yeah, let's do this full time, and and really make it work. And you know, for the last five six years, we've been just doing it and you know, traveling all over the world, uh, meeting people like yourself uh, and. And, and just talking about the this this idea of using Jungian individuation in a coaching model. Hmm. And those of people who don't know who Carl Jung is, he studied. Um, he was around the time of Freud when Freud first came up with the talking cure, which is which is now modern therapy, modern psychotherapy. And um, what, where they diverged is that uh, Freud was an atheist and he didn't believe in, he thought the, the mind is kind of like, the subconscious was like a repository, like a computer. And there really wasn't life after that. And Jung saw the mind as having an, a personal aspect like Freud, but he also saw that there's a collective unconscious, that there's a part of us that's connected to everything and and consciousness and uh so he was more of a mystical person so they always call him the father of the new age movement because he's he's inspired so much um the word synchronicity and um introvert introvert extrovert and um and the shadow work that he does so at archetypes working with archetypes so if people aren't familiar with carl jung himself they've heard these terms before and they all come from him and um, and it's just um, his work is so deep and profound. Just like we can, we have enough material to last us ten lifetimes to uh, to teach. So really great stuff. And not many people know about how practical it can be. I mean, a lot of what people wrote about Young, I I read a lot of the females that wrote about Young uh, too. And it's you know Joseph Campbell. He talks about the power of myth. And a lot of it is a lot of mythological uh, stories, which are great, but how do we apply that in the modern world? How do we take that really great knowledge and apply it in, how do I get, get the job I want? How do I have the love I want? How do I, you know, be happy in this modern world with technology? Like, how do we do that? And that's really what we're, we're about is taking this deep, profound uh, information and knowledge and helping people use it in their life. Well, that sounds amazing. <laughs> all of it sounds good. Well, you kind of led into my first question is like, why Jungian psychology of all the stuff out there? Like, why did you guys choose that? You answered it a little bit, but maybe you can elaborate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we wanted something uh, that addressed this question. We know from uh, really from ancient uh, wisdom traditions uh, on consciousness and from current uh, kind of uh, the, the new consciousness studies that we're dealing with, with not a material universe, but a conscious universe. That consciousness is a fundamental property of the way we experience the universe. In other words, you, you cannot experience the universe without consciousness, and therefore it is the foundation of it. Uh, now, Western science still buys into this idea that it's a material, material universe and that our brain somehow, the, the billions of neurons interacting in the brain somehow spark this thing called consciousness into being. But that more and more is being disproven. And, and essentially the, the foundation, the, the, the idea that the universe is, a, is fun, fundamentally a conscious uh, experience made out of consciousness uh, that is coming to the forefront. 
So we wanted to, we wanted a psychology and needed a psychology that addressed the individual's transformation, meaning uh, the, the, the going from identifying with the persona ego or as a personality uh, to really understanding themselves as conscious beings. Uh, and, and the psychology that we saw that addressed that question was Carl Jung's uh, individuation process. He, he really foresaw uh, kind of this age, this coming age of consciousness that is now occurring. Um, of course, he was working back in Victorian times with Freud and, and, and up, up until the 60s, really, he was working. Um, and we've learned so much about the brain now and um, how our senses work and how we create these realities in our mind. But the the basic foundations of his uh, psychology still hold water. That this this experience that we call uh, our subjective experience of of our our qualia, the, the awareness of ourselves and, and being in the world is essentially a conscious experience and that the misidentification of ourselves as ego, as, in, as like just identifying with a body, with a persona, uh, that that is a temporary state. We're not meant to, to reside there all our lives. Uh, Jung saw that around around the age of 30 and beyond that people start to question you know is that all there is 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 this individual experience of myself all i'm meant to be and that process starts uh, what he what he saw as a natural innate process in us which is individuation and individuation simply meant or means becoming your true self becoming your higher self transcending your personal history so beyond the personal history there is an experience for us that is the true self what do you call the true self that process we saw as the key to giving individuals a way to to transform their lives in a personal psychological way um, without just kind of buying into the idea of meditation, the idea of consciousness, uh, because always the question was, well, how do I do that? How do I, how do I wake myself up? How do I transform myself? And Jungian psychology really fit the bill for that. And for me, it's um, as a woman, I, I find myself very creative and very, uh, I love intuition. I love working with visualization and that aspect of my mind, that creative part of my mind. And I felt like Jungian psychology really allows a woman to really tap into her natural gifts of that creativity. Men, it helped them get more in touch with that aspect, the feminine side of them. But for women, we're naturally built to like kind of explore this creative force within us. And um, there's just so much more to life than just paying bills and, and getting to work that there's this richer experience of consciousness that we can have in our everyday life that's actually very, as Jung would say, numinous. It's like a, a numinous quality that we can have every day. 
Awesome. Well, yeah, I can only say that, you know, my research that Carl Jung came as like a, a godfather of many of the ideas of just very practical knowledge. So I'm definitely aware of that. And I'm so excited to get into like some of the practical stuff. I wish we had all day to talk about them and I'm trying to figure out what I'm because <laughs> usually some people will give me sample questions and I looked at your like talking points. I'm like, I want to talk about all of this for like weeks on end. <laughs> um, but I think the most exciting one for me at the present time would be like, in what way are we working towards, um, are, is everyone working towards their spiritual peak? Like, what does that mean? And can we, can we, uh, can you offer like a tool to, to help somebody move towards that aim? Yeah, absolutely. So if we think about, uh, uh, just the way we come into the world, you know, we, we kind of, we know we're not a blank slate. We know we're kind of prepared for language. We're prepared for symbols. We're prepared to perceive the world in a certain way through our senses, uh, all kind of inherent, um, biologically evolutionary wise. We, we are, uh, we fit the environment we fit the environment like a like a lock and key essentially now what happens after that is that as we experience the world our mind absorbs these experiences these early experiences and takes them as templates for future survival and this is automatically this is done unconsciously as, as freud or Jung would say unconsciously we absorb the world early on and say, this is the way I'm going to have to live in the world. So we create a persona. Now, this persona is a type of mask, according to Jung. It's a, it's a type of, uh, let's say, a facade that we put up in order to, to interact with the world. So we cannot, we cannot interact with the world without a persona, without this filter of, uh, I, like a type of identity, a type of mass that other people can identify. And, and then we use that also as a filter, as a way of, of saying, this is important to me, this is not important to me. So that, that piece we, it has been verified by, let's say, behaviorism, neuroscience, all the, all the new sciences have pretty much verified that concept that we are conditioned by our early experiences to perceive and to defend ourselves and to, to kind of interact with the environment in, in a certain way. So up to that point, everything is fine. But Jung says, what happens then is if, you, if, you're not, if you're not able to examine that conditioning, if you're not able to transform it in a conscious way, what that does, it keeps you stuck because it keeps you using that same template that you you received from your your environment and and it's an interpretation essentially it's a it's a mental interpretation that you made about reality and yourself so if you go by the default mode in your life you will simply play out the same pattern little variation here and there but essentially you will see perceived relationships. You will see opportunities based on that early pattern that was laid down in your early childhood. Now, that's not freedom, essentially, because 
you're essentially just playing out a conditioned pattern that your mind absorbed incidentally by, you know, the circumstances that you grew up in. So he says, if you want to really free your mind and be free of your past conditioning, you have to undergo this process of individuation. You have to confront your shadow. And for, for Jung, really the shadow was simply the things that didn't fit our persona. That didn't, they, they didn't fit our survival strategy, our, our needs in the particular environment that we grew up in. All those things lay in the personal unconscious. So he says that initial confrontation with the shadow, that coming to terms with the things that we, we ignored, we pushed away, we said, that's not me. That doesn't help me survive. That initial confrontation that begins the process of individuation, which means it's going to transform you from the inside out into what you're really meant to be, which is your full potential. Your, you know, all your creative, your creativity, all your aspirations that are, are far beyond, let's say, your, your, your personal history. They're, they're not part, they're not necessarily part of your, your past experiences, but you're now, you're becoming free to consciously choose them, to consciously reinvent yourself in a sense. That, that is the process of individuation right there. So in a practical way, the first part of, of that transformation is looking at your personal history, but looking, it, looking at it in a way where you understand its nature. You understand that it doesn't necessarily define you. It doesn't have to define you. You're free to choose beyond it. Uh, well, another practical thing to look at is that there's probably things in your life that you want to create, whether it's you want to write a book or you want to start a business or you want to find a great relationship. And your mind is basically reflecting your default, which is what you've been, uh, Rob calls it that all those strategies, we call it the survival kit. You know, you have your survival kit and it's basically your comfort zone. And and the psyche is set up to resist those new things you want. And so a lot of people think, well, if they try to do something and they fail, that they're not supposed to have that thing or it's too hard or maybe it's not meant to be. But what's happening is they're just seeing their own inner resistance because they've identified with a certain. So for, for example, um, if you've always identified with not having a lot of money, for you to have a lot of money, that would be a blow to your persona because that's kind of who you built yourself around. And uh, so when you go out and start a business or, or try to have success, that could get in the way of, of your inner conflict with, uh, with success or seeing yourself as a success will get in the way of that. Um, some people have spiritual conflicts with like they're, they're, when I talk about spiritual, sometimes it's the conditioning around religion or spirituality you know, early life religion, all the early messages about what is a good person, what is a bad person, all those moral questions sometimes uh, are still in our unconscious, even though consciously we don't believe them anymore on a conscious level, they could still be interacting with us. And here's the key, it's mostly unconscious. So we can't really see it. And so 
when we bump up against the best way to see our shadow is through other people. And so I would say, look at the most annoying person in your life. Think of someone who's really just, just gets, just like, why does this person have to be that way? Or, or a type of person that always annoys you and you just want to avoid them. They are re representing an aspect of your shadow. They are representing an aspect of who you don't want to be. And by denying that part of yourself, you're limiting your life in some way. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to be selfish like that person. But if you say, well, where in my life is my fear of, of being selfish getting in the way of me having what I want? And then you start to see, oh, wait, I've been conditioned to give too much and not take a lot. And because I've had this like idea that I, my persona can't be selfish. And then you see people that overgive and they give away their stuff for free and they you know, and they're always struggling with money because they don't want to be selfish and they don't even realize that that's what they're doing. And so that's what this work is really about is becoming more self-aware, not healing the past or thinking there's something to heal about how that condition occurred because it's perfect, but seeing like what is making you conditioned to act a certain way and how can you act from that freedom of your true self, which is there's no bounds in that place. There's no, there's no rules. There's no a um, certain set of behaviors that are acceptable or unacceptable. You're free to become who you want to be. And for most of us, we're not going to abuse that power. You know, we're not going to be, you know, go out and rob a bank or, you know, blow up a building. We're, we're going to use it in a very positive way. So a lot of people are like, oh, you know, don't want to go into the shadow or the power. Most of us, we just have normal in, in little insecurities that get us in the way of getting what we want. Well, so, I think those are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are, those are all really great points. I think that, you know, there's a lot of discussion around shadow work and, uh, you know, the idea of fake it till you make it or visualization or, you know, you're like, it's actually common in a lot of pro athletes. Um, I was coaching an NFL player for a little bit and, um, I said, Hey man, like how close is the show ballers to real life? He's like, it's actually pretty close. <laughs> it's a crazy show. Um, but, you know, you think about a, a consciousness from coming from a lower income place, getting tons and tons of money and then buying a bunch of stuff and then blowing it. It's a very common thing in pro athletes. They don't know what to do after. Um, so I think I'd just be curious about like, you know, there's a, what do we do to change that? Even if we become aware, we're like, okay, you know what? I have a limiting mindset around money. I have a limiting mindset around self-worth, which is really common, really limiting mindset around love. You know, like I'm not worthy of love. You've received mm -hmm. abuse or whatever. And, you know, I know some incredible people that they're like, yeah, I was in an abusive relationship for like two years. I was like, what? It's like, why did you just leave? And obviously it's not easy like that. You know, it's not, it's not something that's easy to do. So I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about like the psychology of success or transforming once you're aware you have a limitation. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Jung says like this, he says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life, but you will think it's fate. So he's saying until you're able to, to really integrate your shadow and to bring that that all that conditioning from your past into awareness, it's going to determine how much money you make, what kind of relationships you experience, how you see the world. But you will think, well, that's just the way things work out for me all the time, right? It's, it's fate. It, I'm just fated to, to live in, in poverty or I'm just fated to, to have bad relationships. 
and it'll, it'll feel like there's nothing you can do. But by the same token, if you're able to bring this to awareness, this, this past conditioning, this shadow element, you're free from it. You, you, because what you're going to do is you're going to see its true nature. And its true nature is that it, it's a type of projection. So in, in essence, that imprint that we get from those early experiences becomes a, a, a type of projector that then we project reality out there. And we see it out there. It appears to us to be out there, but it's essentially our mind that we're observing. And we're, you know, we, there'll be characters, there'll be people that play out these, these roles for us, but essentially we're handing them the script. We're giving them the script and saying, you're going to play the bad guy. You're going to play the woman that cheats on me. You're going to play the guy that, that rips me off and, uh, and takes all the money and, and I end up with nothing. Now, that's an incredible uh, concept, but we know from consciousness studies and, and fr uh, from ancient uh, wisdom traditions, that's very much in alignment with the way the, the ancient seers saw consciousness. It is maya. It is, a, it is a type of illusion that the mind creates, and, and it appears to us to be external. In other words, it appears to have this independent functioning outside our mind, but it's an appearance. The, the absolute reality is that our consciousness is creating what we call the universe, including our social environment, including the characters that play out in our, in our everyday lives. It is our mind. It is our, our very mind that we're observing. When we understand that, then we can work with it. Because now we're, we're operating on a true level, on an absolute reality, instead of buying into the projection and thinking that, you know, things are happening to me uh, outside of my mind. Well, I think a lot of people kind of have this idea that they're creating their life and they're creating these things. And I think... Um, they have a hard time trying to, how do I change that? How do I change this projection? And I think what Rob said is really important. I think people skip over this point so much that you're creating it all. You really are creating it all. There's no outside reality outside of your mind. And so you have to accept that first before you can even approach how to change it. And so I say that the best way to start becoming aware is to watch where you're emotionally charged. Like I said, people that trigger you, are really the, the first step because they're really showing you your mind and they're showing you where you're stuck. And it's not always a direct reflection, but a lot of times it's like, if you could just be a little like them, you would have everything you wanted. And I want to address your point about people that have that low self-esteem or the limited thinking about themselves. We are never, ever, ever going to change that. It's always going to be there because our ego, that's its nature. So we have to learn to identify what part of our mind we're having conversations with. So if you're having a conversation with your ego, it's always going to tell you you suck. You're never going to do anything. You're going to make anything in your life done. And then when you do stuff, it's never going to be enough. And a really great tool that people can use, and this is something I recommend to do every single day, is spend five minutes in the morning as soon as you wake up and, and watch your thoughts. 
step back and imagine coming from the vantage point of the witness. The, the, there's an awareness in you that's uh, there as well as the thinker, because like, there has to be someone to hear the thinker, right? So there has to be a listener. So you be, be in touch with that listener. And it, the more space you can put between the talker and the listener and the awareness, the more you're going to start to feel more in your true self, more your power. And the thinker is just the ego. It's just, it's just strategizing and, you know, thinking the world's external. And it's, it's just have, coming up with conspiracy theories to tell you how terrible everything is. And, and you either ride, you jump in with the wave. And that's why meditation, a lot of times they say, it's like when you get caught up in the thoughts, you take a step back. I mean, it sounds like such a simple technique, but it is so profound. And then the shadow work helps you become more aware of how you're projecting. And then when you are aware of it, it's just like becoming aware of it doesn't, you're not trying to fix it. You're just saying, oh, I understand that's my conditioning. And then you make a decision outside of it. So it could still be that you could still feel not good enough, but don't let that stop you and going for what you want. You're like, you know, I'm feeling like crap right now, but I'm going to go and do this talk in front of 5,000 people, but I know I feel kind of not good enough. It's okay. Like that part of you doesn't have to keep be pushed away, that tension. You just let it be there. You just don't allow it to be driving you anymore. And I think that is, I think most of uh, the personal development work I did in the beginning was about fighting that voice. It was so, it's such a struggle and it was always frustrating because you're just fighting with yourself. And if you just kind of not give it any energy, it stops feeding. It's like a, it's energy kicks back to you and you're kind of caught up in it. And it's a meditation is a really great tool to start being more in control of that thinking mind. And then you can access all the other parts of your psyche and the creativity and uh, mm. understand that. But the shadow work really helps. Um, I mean, it's hard. I would, uh, I could do a really quick way to work with the shadow. Think about three of your best qualities that you, that you think are you, like maybe you're smart, maybe you're, you know, involved, maybe you are, um, you know, a genuine, authentic, you know, those things. And then whatever that opposite of those qualities are, are in your shadow. And those are the things that control your life, not being those things. And so if you, you're aware of that, oh, that's me not wanting to be greedy, or that's me not wanting to be guilt, feel guilty, or that's me not wanting to feel insecure, then you're like, oh, okay, I'm aware of that. Now it's brought up to consciousness. Now I know what to do with it instead of it like running under the, like a background on our computer, the little, the little programs that you don't know are eating up your memory, uh, that you're bringing it out. And now you can delete it. You can turn it away. You can ignore it. And uh, you're more in control of your life. Wow. Well, you said a lot there that, that um, okay, that I want to touch on because I think it's all fantastic. You know, um, the first thing is in meditation, which I've done a lot of, uh, it's fascinating to think most people think that they're their mind or ego. Then you step back and you're observing the thing. And then you think, who is the thing observing the thing? And how many fractal layers go back that way? Mm -hmm. um, and then you have a direct experience where you're no thing and you're just kind of something else, which is also fascinating. And I think that's, uh, I forget how Jung describes it. What's the, the like the universal mind? How did, what's his word for that? The, co the collective unconscious. Yes, exactly. So then you actually can experience that directly, which is fascinating. Then we're diving back into shadow stuff. And uh, a new friend of mine, Dan, has been uh, studying with these incredible Tao teachers that came from 
Taiwan, apparently. And they said, Nelson, British Columbia needs the Dow. They came here. These are legit master teachers. They took one character from one line and spent two and a half hours on it and talked about like integration spirit. Like it was just a masterclass on one character and it was all super legit. And um, one of the things that Dan spoke about was just uh, going to the Oregon eclipse and how when the, and I was there and it was a really incredible experience. But for him, it was like when the sun came over the moon, how the heck does that work? I've Moon, sun, gets covered, goes all black. Yeah, the moon covers the sun. The moon covers the sun, yes. Okay, that makes sense. And and then it goes, it was night sky. But for him, it was like the idea that, you know, it was the shadow saying, look at me. Stop Mm -hmm. trying to kill me. Stop trying to kill the ego. You know, Mm -hmm. we're always trying to kill our egos, remove our shadow. You know, that I am just perfect and it's all great all the time. But it's just, just, just accept me. And even love me, just integrate that. And that allows you to become whole. That's the yin-yang symbol. It's both. It's not saying you don't exist. It's saying, I recognize you. I prefer this. I'm going to go in this direction. But you are also a part of me and a necessary part of me. Because if I didn't know, if I didn't, you know, realize that running people over with my car didn't feel good, then I would know that I want to stay on the lines because I don't want to hurt people. You know yes. what I mean? It'll, it can guide you towards what you prefer in this experience of reality. Um, and the last thing I'll just kind of share and give it back to you guys is like the concept of like law of attraction and we're creators. I think a fundamental thing that I see across the board for people I perceive as awake or woke or whatever you want to call that <laughs> is it's the woke word, which actually apparently came from just like uh, um, black and white culture. Um, a, black woman told me about that she was just like no it actually has to do with you being aware and you're not i was like oh and now we've taken it into consciousness and all kinds of other things it's a side note because <laughs> <laughs> she's the one who actually explained it to me i was like oh i thought i had to do with something else um but the concept that you 100 create your reality and if you do if you do not um accept that then you cannot have the power of a creator to make a change Absolutely. And I think about David Goggins, who has an incredible story. Um, This Navy SEAL, just like his life, abused as a child. The stuff he's put his body through, running on broken legs, like it's just ridiculous. But he went through a lot of challenge. So I guess I'm going to put it back to you guys in the sense of um, the one question that is on here that I love is how would you define this reality based on the latest neuroscience? That's a fascinating question because I don't know what is going on here. And two... We're creating reality, right? Like I'm creating reality. Okay, I believe that. Got it. Check. All this crap that I don't like and I'm in a a scenario that also is like limiting in certain ways that I want to modify, right? How do I embody the things? How do I get there? I'm like, okay, I'm aware. Got a limiting belief or I hate myself. I always get crap relationships or whatever. Um, How do I begin to embody that once I've become aware of those limitations? And you can feel free to rant about anything that I just said there. Okay. Yeah, so you talk awesome. about the neuroscience, doctor. Sure. Um, my, one of my favorite topics uh, because it, it is, uh, I think we're such a unique generation uh, that we have access to both Western science and we're able to peer inside the, the brain and, and observe what it's doing and, and try to correlate it with uh, our conscious awareness, right? The, the quality of our uh, subjective experience and we also have access to all this ancient knowledge like you were talking about right P- people that bring this this ancient wisdom that has been around forever and has uh, really stood the test of time 
it, it is it is a wisdom that uh, just as human beings it was kind of born with us, right? That's what defines us as human beings is that we we're curious about our own experience in the world. Why are we here? What, what is this creation that we're observing in and that we're moving in? So early on, we saw this, that a lot of the, 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 the ancient uh, wisdom traditions, they were meant to be applied in a, in a kind of a monastic environment, meaning they're going to renounce the world. They're, they're not going to mess with it. They're, they're not necessarily interested in creating or, or uh, they're not interested in, in, in success in the world. Although there are exceptions, right? The Gita does talk about uh, artha, the, the ability to be successful in the world. But, but overall, in general, most of the systems, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, even Taoism, the, their idea is why mess with the world? Why, why interact with it when we know it's, it's illusory? It's essentially maya. It's essentially a, an appearance of things that... It, it, for all practical purposes, it does not exist except in our own interpretation of it. In, uh, in the West, it's been the opposite. The, the subjective experience and the, the weighing and the measuring of material experience has been the central point of science. It, it, you know, a, a scientific fact is essentially a, a mathematical formula that can be applied over and over, and therefore it's been very successful in creating rocket ships and creating computers and creating this incredible material culture that we see all around us. So now that we, we've kind of come to this point where we're at the crossroads, where we have both, we have both. Now, now we have these computers, we have spaceships and all this stuff, but we also have this knowledge of consciousness. How do we integrate those two things? How do we, how do we form, let's say, a, a practical spiritual psychology that can meet our needs? Because it's essentially like this. Just because we have technology does not mean we don't need the transcendent function in us. That ability to transcend our our personal history and our ego, and get in touch with a deeper reality. That's been uh, the part of our humanity that you know, a lot of people, when they lose that, they, they lose the thread of meaning in their life. They feel like uh, life is empty, life is meaningless. I mean, because if, if, all, if you're saying the universe is simply this uh, amalgamation of atoms and molecules, well, what kind of meaning is that? You know, you're not going to find meaning in that because it's, it's just a jumble of uh, material elements moving around chaotically. Uh, on the other hand, if we say, well, consciousness is the meaning-making apparatus in us. It, it, it's what creates meaning. It, you know, but you have, to, you have to wield it. You have to master it. Then we're we're getting closer to that that balance of you know understanding the way our mind works and the way our minds create this reality, and also applying it in a meaningful way. 
So, so this is the task and, and, and this is a challenge for, for our generation, essentially. Can we take both elements? Can we, can we embrace both? Because we cannot deny the technology anymore. We know it's here to stay and we know people are going to use it for good or bad, whatever they're going to use it for, they're going to use it. Can, can we infuse it with that wisdom uh, the consciousness gives us? Can we infuse the technology? Can we infuse society? Can we infuse the, the way we work and the way we interact with each other with that deeper meaning of a spiritual reality? And, and, and I agree it's a big challenge, but people like yourself who are consciously working on this, right? They're asking questions, they're, they're thinking about it, they're talking to other like-minded individuals. The answer is going to come through there. And, and this is the, this is the uh, kind of the balancing act that Jung gives us, is that he, he sees that the, the, these wisdom, the wisdom uh, inherent in consciousness uh, uh, studies and understanding is only alive when the individual embodies it. Otherwise, it's only dead words on, uh, in books and, and scriptures. When we take it upon ourselves and we start to question it and it's, we start to really uh, kind of wrestle with it, that's the living spirit right there. The answer is going to come from there, from that interaction with it, from that wrestling with it, that uh, kind of uh, uh, kind of taking taking the the answer from it. You know, it's like um, stealing the fire from the gods. It, it, It is very much that we we're going to have to do it as a challenge, as as a as as really the the biggest challenge for our generation can we infuse wisdom and technology and um, and make it home before dinner <laughs> well also you you didn't talk about um the neuroscience of it which is that yeah modern science talks about material and numbers but yeah. now that in quantum physics they're discovering that the ancients were right that this world is conscious that Mm -hmm. that when you what we're creating is basically a holographic universe if you've ever read that book it's really fascinating have strange dreams when you read that kind of stuff but it's like that we you know the the these questions of if i leave this room does it exist anymore you know these questions that the zens people asked many times and and so that's where we're saying that modern science is actually meeting that and I, I really find that um, this Jung's work, uh, understanding your ego and, and how it works and how it's really basically by default creating this projection, you're getting a glimpse of how God works, how the, how the divine works. And it may seem simple, like, oh, I got to work on this annoying person, but you're seeing how this, this amazing consciousness that we have can create a reality where someone annoying can come in because that's inside of us already that there's no external that is where i find um fascinating and then also the dream work i mean we haven't even talked about that but exploring your dreams if you think about reality the dream world we we create these worlds in our dreams every night we're flying you know driving cars walking through walls creating being in all these different places 
what happens to what happened to all that stuff that, in that dream? All those people. It's the same reality as we see now, like in our waking, supposedly waking life, the woke life. Uh, your uh, the physical world is exactly the same quality as a dream, and then we start to see that, and now quantum physics has confirmed that, and science now is has to. A lot of the science has, has not evolved to that point yet. But uh, but that is really where the power starts. The life cut starts getting exciting, and yeah. where we can really change the world we live in. Yeah, and there's an inherent contradiction in there because, according to science, scientific studies of our nervous system and our perceptual system, we are not experiencing the world directly. What we experience is an internal model that the brain creates for us. And it appears to us uh, as, it's, as if we're seeing things out there. But in essence, we are interacting with a, that internal model. Now, that, that undermines the whole idea of science in that materialistic sense. Because if we're not experiencing a subjective, uh, excuse me, an objective world that's out there, we're seeing our own mind, essentially. So it goes back to that idea that it's a conscious universe. Uh, consciousness is the foundation of everything, but most science still operates under the old paradigm that, yeah, there, there's a, of course there's an objective universe and we try to keep the, our subjective experience out of it and just kind of measure it according to formulas and scientific uh, data. But the, the science itself of our, uh, that we're kind of learning about our brain and the way it operates is essentially contradicting that. It's mm. saying, no, what you're, what you're dealing with in any phenomena is your own mind. You're experiencing your mind. You cannot experience anything outside your mind. Holy smokes. Well, there's so much of this that I want to dive so much deeper into, but I know that you you have a hard stop at three or two fifty five. Yes. I don't know what it is. Um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on for everything that you shared. I wish I could dive deeper into a lot of those things and throw more questions at you. So we'll have to get you back on the show. But uh, what I'll, what I'll ask is just like, maybe just like with all of this stuff, someone's out there, they got a family and a screaming baby and they need to put dinner on the paycheck or dinner on the table, get a paycheck. They're dealing with life. You're telling them about universe exists, doesn't exist, the walls to this. What is your best piece of like life advice, either like a perspective or a tool or process? I think a perspective would be that if you feel frustrated with your life to first acknowledge that you're not limited by your current experience and that there's a change that you can create. And if you could just have a, even if you have a, a small little glimpse of that, start to work on a vision of what you want to create. I know that sounds really basic, but you're really, that's the divine in you. The divine in you wants to grow. It want, doesn't want to just survive. That's the ego. Your, your ego's going to be in survival mode. It's like a, awakening that part of your mind and allowing yourself to dream, allowing yourself, even if you don't know how it's going to happen, you have to plant the seed and just trust that um, you'll be led to opportunities and take them and not be afraid of, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone because that's where everything is. And so just to know that you're not locked into anything and that you are, you can create whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I would only add that by the same token, uh, 
the the all these ideas, although they appear fantastical in some some way, they they are very practical because what they're telling us is what is the true nature of reality, and if we understand something about the true nature of reality, then our actions and our thoughts and, and our endeavors will hit the mark. They'll be right on target instead of us kind of chasing after mirages and you know kind of the the illusory nature of the world will be will be on real solid ground i love all that it's basic but you got to start from a base you know and mm-hmm. it's so fundamental it's all you know growing with the fundamentals and then elaborating from those solid principles where can people find more about you if they want to dive deeper well, we have this great free class called Empowered Relationships, and it's really about the shadow. And so it's go to empoweredrelationshipsforwomen.com. Even if you're a man, you'll learn a lot from it. And it really is, we just kind of talk about the, um, the shadow and, and how relationships in our life reflect where we are and how to create a healthy life. Awesome. And the, the new name, I was going to call it the Young Platform, but it's something else. The Center of Young and Positive Psychology. The Center of JPP. Is that the website? That's the website. Yeah, because there's amazing programs on there too. Yeah, we have a lot of, uh, and our podcast uh, is from the center uh, on iTunes. So living oh. from the center. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't see that, but that's awesome. All right, cool. Yeah. Great amazing. podcast. So well, if you want to learn about this crazy stuff, we're hours and hours of time with it. I'm sure you have some really interesting uh, topics like this on your podcast as well. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys. Um, I appreciate your work and what you're putting out in the world. And um, I look forward to speaking to you both again. Hopefully you'll come back on. Yes, thank you so much. Enjoy your yurt. Yeah, we'll do. (laughs) See you guys. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. If you want to support, share it. Talk about it. Take a screenshot. <laughs> Tag me at Matt Belair on Instagram. It really helps. It goes a long way, and it's super appreciated. Patreon is also epic if you want to toss a buck in the bucket. It really helps uh, if you do that. Reviews are also great, but the best thing you can do is one kind act today and uh, just you know do something nice for someone else. The best thing that you can do. If you guys are interested in some coaching, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Doing a lot more speaking, a lot more training, a lot more coaching. Would love to help you out, help out your organization from A to be um, studying everything from mindset, consciousness, business, um, everything in between and to design and to execute uh, a life of passion, a life of meaning, a life of inspiration defined by you. So if you're interested in getting some help and support with that, just hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com and we'll happily help you out. Thank you so much for listening. All of my love and support. I hope that you have a fantastic day wherever you are. So let's just close this out by coming into a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Just come into a powerful state of peace, coherence, and personal empowerment. Have an incredible day and I will see you in the next episode.